You are listening to a podcast from Influence Church. We hope it encourages and empowers you to make a difference in your world for the kingdom of God. For any more information, visit our website, influencechurch.co.uk. Enjoy the message. Well done, Elevate. There are young people from church from across locations so beautifully sung to today. And if this is your first time, I want to welcome you. We don't normally have some of the weirdness you've seen today. Uh, We're normally a little bit weird, but not quite dancing elves and crazy quizzes and stuff. But we're so glad that you're here. Um, And for those of you who know me, I know what you're thinking, that I'm matching my much cooler six-year-old niece today. And you're right, (laughs) Evie is how I dress for I want to be six at heart. Uh, But we're so glad to have you here. I'm really sorry if you've had mince pies already. I didn't approve the mince pies. Mince pies are disgusting. Um, I'm sorry, my husband last week preached about his love of mince pies. We've banished him to Cumbria where the strange people go. um, Because I just don't understand this. I want to talk to you today about making a way and how God made a way. And when we look at how people make ways, I think that one of the best examples of making ways is kids who find a way to do things. They find a way. When Asher, who is 19 and on his way home tomorrow, um, uh, he uh, was about three years old and we heard a noise in the kitchen and we went to investigate because it's kind of 10 o'clock at night, he should have been in bed. And we found him climbing the cupboards like a little squirrel boy and we were like, what are you doing? And he said his words that he still says to me all the time, I need a snack. Because at 10 o'clock, three-year-olds need a snack. And so I was like, what are you getting for a snack from that cupboard? And he said, Calpol. I want a Calpol snack. <laughs> I'm really sorry, medical people in the room. Um, we don't approve of Calpol as a snack. And uh, the, apparently that's what he wanted for a snack. He found a way. And I, I'm pretty sure that we had the bottle ones that he couldn't open, but he was desperate for it. And I saw a video a while ago about um, a Christmas animal. I mean... Typically, they're not Christmas animals, but you don't know. You weren't there. Maybe they did have squirrels at the nativity. Um, about a way that a squirrel found a way. See, the squirrel is called Bobo, and he was a pet squirrel in Thailand. I didn't know that Thailand people had squirrels, but apparently they have them as pets. And so they had a pet squirrel, and Bobo would escape all the time. And the problem with being escaping is that his, his owners, his people would get cross with him. So Bobo found a way to escape without getting into trouble. Would you like to see the video of Bobo, the escape squirrel? Get you in the Christmas feelings. Okay, here's Bobo the Christmas squirrel. How brilliant. And so the owners had CCTV uh, in the kitchen to work out how it kept getting us out. Uh, But they didn't expect quite the scene that they found. And Bobo found a way to kind of, well, he thought he did, but he got caught um, to get out of captivity. And I want to talk to you today about a God who found a way to get us back to him. Because you see, the thing is this, that as humans, for generation after generation, we made ourselves distant from God. We did things wrong. We took for ourselves. We lied. We we made mistakes. We messed up. And God loved us. He wanted a relationship with his people. But because God is so just, there had to be a penalty, if you like, a bit like if you park for too long in Lidl and you get a penalty because you've broken the rules, there was a penalty to pay to get close to God. And the penalty in the Old Testament, in the before Jesus' time, was that a blood of an animal be sacrificed to make a way. And the people started to think that God didn't care. 
The people thought maybe God was distant and angry and just not interested in his people. But nothing could be further from the truth. Because you see, God saw a world that was away from him and his heart broke. God saw kings and politicians who used their power, used their authority, used their money to make themselves greater and others less than, and it made God sad. God saw people who were seen as less than people, people like shepherds. Do you know shepherds weren't included in places? If, if you had a friend who was a shepherd, you didn't make a deal of it. Shepherds were known as corrupt and bad. I don't know if you know sheep, um, David and Mary can tell you about this, but sheep smell. And if you spend a lot of time with sheep, then you will also catch the aroma of the sheep on you. So you're not going to smell nice. No matter of Hugo Boss is going to get rid of the stink, stink of sheep on you. So they were smelly. They were known as corrupt. They weren't even allowed to give evidence in a court of law. And they weren't even allowed in the churches because they were seen as less than people. And God was mad because God doesn't work in a hierarchical system like we do. He didn't see less than and more than people. He just saw people who he loved. He saw a girl, a young girl who nobody else really saw. A girl who cried out to God in her bedroom and said, God, please make a way. God, would you do something to make the world right again? God, I want relationship with you. The girl was brave, but the girl was pretty unknown. And God saw a man who loved the girl who was also brave. And so God made a way. Now, I like a lot of you. Some of you I like a, 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 you know, a huge amount. But I don't like you enough to give you my child. Um, because that is an extra kind of love. And yet the Bible says this in John 3, 16. He says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. And that's the sort of love that Christmas was. Now, here's the thing. All of us can look at the world and see the things that are broken. Any, anyone kind of just think we live in a perfect world right now? No. Okay, most of us would agree. There is stuff wrong with the world. And all of us can point things out. We can all watch the news or we can look on Facebook and kind of make judgments about, if I was that sort of person... I would be different. I would do this differently. If I was in charge of the country, I'd put money there and there. We all have kind of opinions about things. But it takes a different sort of person to say, okay, I have an opinion, but I'm not just going to keep his opinion. I'm going to pray. And Mary, this teenage girl, was a girl who prayed. And then she went even further. Because sometimes we can turn our opinions into prayers, but then we need to turn our prayers into realizing that we could be part of the answer. So the Bible says this in Luke 1. From verse um, 31, it says this. The angel said, You will conceive and give birth to a son to call him Jesus. He will be great and most high, the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked, since I'm a virgin? The angel said, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the most high will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be born and called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. For no word from God will ever fail. So what's God saying? So what's the angel saying? She's saying, okay, Mary, we've heard your prayers. We've heard what you're saying. We do want to make a way for God to come back to you. So you're going to be the one who's going to be the answer. You're going to carry his son. And this is what her answer is. I am the Lord's servant, Mary said. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left. It's one thing having a concern. It's another thing praying. It's another thing saying, actually, I could be the one. 
Okay, I'll have the sacrifice. Because we can all pray and say the church should be doing this. But there's a difference between praying and then also saying, and I could give to help that. Or I could play my part. I could serve on kids. Or I could serve on worship. Or I could serve on tech. It's another thing, making a concern into an action. It's easy to kind of pray and say, God, I wish that, um, I wish that, that, uh, that you would move in my life. God, I want you to move in my life. But we don't really pray. We kind of do token prayers at the end of the day. But we don't actually stop and think, actually, I'm going to sacrifice some time every day and pray. It's easy to kind of say, God, I don't want to be anxious anymore. But then rather than picking up our Bibles, the Word of God, which is going to fill our heart with peace, we spend too much time scrolling Facebook or TikTok or Instagram, which scrolls our head with other stuff. We've got to make sure that we are people who make our concerns into our actions as well as our prayers. And Mary was one who was willing to sacrifice. Because see, see, she had dreams. She had ideas of what her life was going to be like. She was engaged to a boy called Joseph. He was a carpenter. Maybe she thought, I'll have a few kids. I'll kind of be a stay-at-home mom. I'll have it all together like Faye Thompson with four kids. I'll kind of organize my life. I'll have schedules. I'm going to be a baker. I'm going to make cakes like Liz. I'm going to do all this stuff. I'm going to be this sort of wife. And I'm going to stay home. I'm going to go home for, I was going to say Christmas, but Christmas wasn't there yet for Passover with my family and all this stuff. But saying yes to this, saying yes to be used by God meant she had to lay down every dream she had. And she had no idea how it was going to work out. We know the Christmas story because we read it, but she was living it. And so she laid down her dreams and her aspirations because to say yes to this meant to say yes to being disbelieved, persecuted, rejected, no one's going to believe a girl like her. And yet she knew God had given her a word. And I wonder sometimes when it comes to Christmas, whether we need to stop and think, could we be like Mary? And when God says, hey, maybe you're the way your neighbor can come to church. Maybe you're the way your neighbor can know Jesus. Maybe you're the way that this can happen. Then we can be someone who says, actually, maybe. And the Christmas story, if you think about it, is a crazy story. Like, stop and think for a second. It was a weird time. If I was God, and it's a very good job I'm not, um, for many reasons. But if I was God, I think I'd try and be a bit more organized with my timings, if I'm honest. I'd look for a woman who has had many children before and knows what she's doing. I'd, I'd look for the right sort of time. Because at this point in time, baby boys were being killed. You, you don't want to have a baby being born at the time when that was happening. I'd want them to be born in a, in a hospital, like, you know, in somewhere clean, not in a stable. They didn't even have a room for him to be born in. I'd want kind of the right people there. If I'd just given birth, and I remember it was a, quite a few years ago now, praise the Lord. Um, but I, re, I remember the last thing I wanted as I just had an epidural was some shepherds to walk in. I remember a, a lady brought in some roast dinner that I'd ordered and everything, well, I'll spare the details, everything kind of went faster than expected. And she kind of walked in with this roast dinner for Ben, by the way, not for me, because I couldn't eat it. And just stood there and like an army of midwives and nurses and doctors were like, get out! And I remember Ben being like, I mean, if it's going to spare. Um, but I, I didn't want a cooking lady in there. I certainly didn't want shepherds and their sheep and ox uh, or cows in there. I'd want, you know proper people and yet this is the life that this is the story that Christmas is it's crazy and I wonder if this Christmas when you look at your life you realize and have a, a moment where you think actually things are crazy right now they don't make sense there's more questions than there is answers there's more chaos than there is calm 
I wonder when we look at our life, whether we understand something of the chaos of that story, if it doesn't seem right right now. I saw a picture the other day. This is the picture. Um, not this one. This is the picture. And when you see that picture, what it looks like is just a load of strings and threads and just a load of mess, doesn't it? And you just look at that. And maybe when you look at your life right now, there's a lot of undone bits and a lot of mess and a lot of questions that you don't know answers to. How is this finance going to work out? How is this family thing going to work out? How is my, my, my next few weeks going to work out? How, how is January going to happen? How are we even going to do Christmas this year? We can look at it and see a mess. But if we turn it over on the other side, this is what the front of that picture looks like. This is a tapestry in Durham Castle right now. And you see, the great thing about knowing God is we know that he's the author. The Bible says this in Acts 3.15. Band, if you want to join me on stage. Acts 3.15 says this, the author of life, who God raised from the dead, to this we are his witnesses. God is the expert at bringing peace out of chaos, bringing purpose to pain, bringing joy to the joyless bringing gladness again to those who are brokenhearted. And maybe this Christmas you are, if we're honest, putting on a, a smile, you know, and you're raising your hand when Richard said, how do you feel at Christmas? And you're like, yay, I'm a seven. But really you're like, I'm actually more like a minus seven right now because I, I don't know how this is going to work out and, and I'm stressed and I've got all this stuff going on and there's just so much chaos in my head. And, and if you're honest, it feels like there's a storm going on right now. I want to encourage you with this. I wonder if there's moments in the story of Christmas when the shepherds rocked up and, and they were thinking, I mean, us? We're not even allowed in a church and we're here with the birth of Jesus? I wonder if Mary's thinking, no one's going to understand this. No one's going to believe it and that here she is. I wonder if Joseph had so many questions, so many things that he was asking and thinking, like, how am I going to raise this kid? Like, I'm, not, I'm not even in my own town right now. How is this going to work? I wonder if right now you're looking at life and thinking there's chaos. God is the author who makes things work together for his good. He turned shepherds who were a mess into messengers. He turned a teenage girl into the woman who changed humanity. He made a way where it seemed like there was no possibility of making a way. And right now this year, as you look at Christmas, as you look at your next year, it's easy to be overwhelmed. But I want to encourage you, there is a God who can weave things together to make a way. It may feel more like the back of the tapestry than the front. But when we let God be the author and creator of our life, when we say to him, look, I, I don't know if I can do this. This doesn't make sense. If he can make the Christmas story make sense because he made a way through it, then how much more can he do with your life and with my life? You know, God making a way means that because of Jesus, he didn't stay a baby. He grew up and became a man who walked and talked in a different way. He spent time with people who everyone else rejected. Maybe you feel like today, I'm not religious. That's okay, you're in good company. Most people Jesus hung out would also be the non-religious people. Maybe you feel like right now, I, I just don't know what I even believe. It's okay because God can help us in our unbelief. Whatever you're walking through right now, I want to encourage you that God is able to make a way through. When we allow him to be involved, he changes things. And the first week in January, we're going to start in a different way in church. We're going to start talking about stories together of how God has made a way through things that seem broken and not working in any way. He made a way because there was a way back to him. And Christmas means this. 
It means that whoever believes in him will have a way to Jesus. And maybe right now, maybe right now, you know you're not right with God. I want to give you an opportunity before we move on, before we sing again, do a few more bits to be right with God. Maybe you've walked away a long time ago and you've tried to do life on your own, but it's time to say, okay, God, I need to give you the reins back. Being a Christian is not about bad people becoming good. It's not about kind of lots of rules and regulations. It's about being dead on your own and coming to life because of Jesus. Jesus made a way so no one had to be on their own. No one had to be without hope. No one was lost because he is the God who finds. And so right now, before we move on, would you just close your eyes where you are? Here, in fact, you have been amazing. Well done. We're nearly finished this part. Just across this place, close your eyes. If you know you're not right with God and you want to be, we just raise your hand and we're going to pray with you. We're not going to invite you to come to the front or do anything weird. We're just going to get someone to sit with you and give you a Bible afterwards and talk to you about that decision. If you know that you're not right with God and you know that God is not the author of your life, you're doing stuff on your own and you need to have God back in, would you raise your hand so I can pray for you? Amazing. God, I thank you for Christmas. I thank you because of your sacrifice because you came and sent your child to earth. He became the ultimate price. And when Easter happened, when he died on the cross, he took all the mess, all the shame, all the blame, all the stuff that I had done wrong and everyone else and made the slight clean. It's like he paid every parking ticket, every, everything that we'd done wrong ever, paid in full because he became the ultimate sacrifice for us. And Lord, we thank you. And Jesus, right now, I pray for each person, God, that they would be filled with hope in you. Hope that says, God, because of you, I can find a way. Jesus, we thank you. In your name, amen. I mean, I encourage you this Christmas that he has made a way. And when he died on the cross at Easter, we celebrate it, but we remember it at Christmas as well. When he did that, he paid the ultimate price. There's no more need for animal sacrifice or all that sort of stuff that you used to have to go through in the Old Testament. Now there is freedom to live because Christ made a way. And so aren't you glad for that this Christmas? Let's never get complacent with the story of Christmas for the way that he made. Amazing. Why don't you stand? We're going to worship together. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Influence Church. For any more information, visit our website, influencechurch.co.uk Influence Church, empowering you to make a difference in your world for the kingdom of God.